Hey, welcome to my studio. Come on in. We may be young, but we've got a lot to say. We have ideas, opinions, hopes, dreams. We see our world. Everything that's good about it. And we see what needs to change. Change, change, change. So we're stepping up. Learning to lead. Speaking up. Speaking out. And making our voices heard. Because we are the leaders of tomorrow. And we want you to hear us. Today. Welcome to the Finding Our Voice podcast. Episode 2, Making Music. Have you ever wondered what it takes to get a melody from your head turned into a song on the radio? Hi, my name is Acacia. I'm 18 years old and I graduated from One Voice Children's Choir last year. I am the associate director of this podcast. I'm Nat. I'm 12 years old. I love shoes. I love to do theater. I love to sing, play the drums, and hang out with my friends. And I'm Ethan. I just turned 13 and love history, reading, superhero movies, and basketball. Welcome back to the Finding Our Voice podcast. And today, we're going to learn about something super exciting. Making Making music. music. When we had our planning meeting for this episode, we thought we would be talking a lot about the process of producing music. But as we began to conduct the interviews with Miles and Masa and talk to each other about what we were learning, we realized that this topic was more about not only what it takes to create something, but why being creative and innovative matters and how making something you care about really helps you find a voice in this world. For me, music has been a constant soundtrack for the highest highs and the lowest lows of my life. When I was little, one of my favorite things was watching Disney movies and singing the songs. I learned to arrange these songs and wanted to learn more about why these melodies could make me feel so many emotions. This was the beginning of my love for music. In this episode, we aim to familiarize ourselves with the process of music production, understand how we can use our resources to produce inspiring music, and learn how we can express ourselves through music production. Just like in every episode, we like to reach out to experts in the field. We started out by interviewing Masa Fukuda, who is one of the founders and is the music director of the One Voice Children's Choir. We were so excited to interview him and to tour his home studio. So come on in. So we're gonna, I'm gonna take you down to my studio downstairs. Masa's home studio is in the basement of his home and it's about the size of a one car garage. It is separated by glass into two sides. One is where he sits with his computer and mixing board, the control room. And the other side has microphones. The studio has several awards hanging on the walls. Uh, sofa to sit on, and really cool lighting. To artists, uh, the mood is everything, and so I like to. I like the kind of light that will make me relax and I forget what's going on in the outside world. And those little things do add up. So um, different people connect with different things, but for me, you know, the lava lamp just. You know, just watching the yeah. the wax just go up and down. <laughs> Those kind of things just make me really uh, relax. Oh, yeah. So. The, lava lamp, the lava lamp is the cherry on top, for sure. When we listen to, like, a normal One Voice Children's Choir song, we enjoy it for about three to five minutes. How long does it take to produce a song for the choir? It takes a good 60 to 80 hours. 
maybe a hundred hours, and uh, all the way to post production. Meaning, I sit in with the mixing and mastering, and and until the product is done, done. What part of producing would you say takes the longest? Deciding on the direction we want to go, because if you let's just say we're covering somebody else's song,、mm-hmm. you can take that song and turn it into something totally different, right?、Yeah. As you probably noticed, that our version sounds. So out there and so different, and、yeah. and that's that's kind of what I want. I don't want our sound our our version to sound like anybody else's or or even to the original. Yeah, and so it normally takes a lot of discussion、uh, with Michelle and Tanner, our creative group, to figure out what direction we want to take the song. To. Then then once it's decided, then it's it's a lot easier for me to just dive in、mm-hmm. into my creativity. But it's always that first. Few hours. That's that takes the longest. So once you have your creative direction for a song,、mm-hmm. what do you do? What's your process? What I normally do is just build the backbone of the of、uh, the song. So it helps、yeah. to have the melody line. So I normally just record my voice、yeah. as a demo, and this is how the you know the the main melody will go before I start to harmonize. And then I have to figure out, hmm, do I want this part to be just a solo or duet? Or do you want the choir to start coming in? Then my next question is: Do I want the choir, some of the choir kids, to be singing the melody or not?、Mm-hmm. Or just have the solos take care of the melody and then choir do something different, like counterpoint? Yeah. Right. So, and it's always it's always a compromise because there's you know,、uh, and I think it just there's just really not a rule. I think it just depends on the song、mm-hmm. and the direction we're taking it. So you say you use a bunch of instruments.、Mm-hmm. How do you record those with just a piano? Um, so this right here, this Yamaha keyboard, ha- it comes with sounds probably about two thousand sounds. Whoa. Um, orchestral and and otherwise. Wow. I also have virtual instruments that I can that go to. So these are all virtual instruments, is what we call.、Mm-hmm. They're not real. Yeah. But they're. Some of them sound real. Like I can't even tell. Some does like is that is that a real flute? It sounds. I mean, the technology nowadays is such that you almost have like the full, real orchestra, you know, in your fingertips. Yeah, you, know, you all right. Yeah. Why would you ever use real instruments, Masa, if you could get most of them on your keyboard? Why? Um, there are certain instruments that I don't want to cut corners. I want to. Hire live musicians because you can't beat the real,、uh, real bowing and the emotions and the crescendo and the vibrato and all those things that、uh, the only live instrumentalist can do. And most of all, the emotions behind it—you、mm-hmm. can't fake that. Man, that's crazy. So you could basically make an entire orchestra just、mm-hmm. off one keyboard. Yeah, again, they 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 may not sound as real,、yeah. but they do a pretty good job. And、yeah. at some point, you have to wonder, hmm. Am I happy with it,、yeah. or do I want to replace some of those with the live musicians? Like you know, like guitar. I want. I always like when I have. I always want to have live guitar. But the cool thing is that when some of those elements are real,、mm-hmm. it kind of tricks the human minds into believing that the rest is all real. Yeah. What's your favorite song you've ever recorded? Every single time I come up with a new one, I go, "Okay, this is it. This is the best. This is you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the next tune, I do the same thing. Oh my gosh, this is the best. <laughs> Yeah. Do you consider yourself an expert when composing songs? I'm I'm very、uh, focused on 
working with children because that's what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. So obviously through lots of trials and errors and making lots of mistakes along the way, I figured out what works best. And I'm still learning mm -hmm. on, on, on a daily basis. So do you think kids can be experts in making music? I don't necessarily look at them as like, oh, they're kids. They're, they're, they're humans. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're souls, right? And so I look at them when I, like right now we're conversing, right? I don't feel like I'm just conversing with kids. Mm -hmm. I'm communicating with another soul. And as long as the, that you can express, you're just as capable and just as eligible to communicate what's in your heart to, to somebody else's heart, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what music is all about. So in that sense, absolutely, why not? That's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. Masa, how has music helped you find your voice? I've always felt handicapped with words. Not just because English is my second language. I mean, I do this in my, in my own language too. Japanese is probably even worse than English for me. I have very limited vocabulary. When I, if I take a, a test, you know, I, I, I'm very, I feel very limited. Not only that, but I just feel sometimes frustrated because there are things that I can't express with words. You've heard, the, you know, the phrase that music transcends all barriers, you know, and I kind of feel like I've been relying on music to supplement the portion of me that cannot be expressed with words alone. My feeling and my ability to express my feeling get enhanced by by music. And yeah. so I rely heavily on the music to, to express my feelings. When did you start learning how to produce and how did you learn? So I used to hire a producer to produce my music because I didn't know how to produce back then. Eventually, I ran out of money, <laughs> to tell you the truth. so. I had to force myself to start producing. And this producer told me, I want you to start producing on your own because you can, but you have a capability to be the next me. So he really, really pushed me to produce, but he also said, hey, you know, you've been with me all this time. So I hope that you've been uh, observing everything that I've been doing. I want you to learn from it, steal from me, and then make it your own. And, and that gave me a lot of courage. Did you ever go to school and study music? or? Mm -hmm. So when I was little, six years old, I was in this Yamaha kind of a training class. And eight years old, I got into the JLC, which is Junior Original Composition training course that will teach you everything that you would need to know in college. In a, in a, in a little bit easier term that the kids can actually understand. Um, so I did that and I graduated when I was 12. And then my mom told me that I was at a like a junior year college level at that point, and I never it really it really never dawned on me until I actually went to college and opened the textbook on, on the first day. I go, my mom was right. I already know all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I tested out of all those classes. Uh, so that's that's the time I really appreciated what my mom has done for me in my early youth with the education. I had a much easier time than as if I had to learn from scratch. Do you have any advice for someone who would like to learn producing? Learn the fundamentals, mm -hmm. the skills, uh, the knowledge of those fundamentals that I had is what really helped me uh, to produce. And then I had to kind of expand. <laughs> but if you don't have tools, even if you have the inspiration, 
you get frustrated because you're like, oh, I know what I'm hearing in my head, but I can't get it out, right? There's yeah. nothing as frustrating as that. And that is why it's so important that you work on your skills. Versus! The part of our episode where we have two things compete against each other. Head to head. Today's head-to-head is between Adele and Billie Eilish. We pulled our podcast crew, and the clear winner was... Adele! I personally chose Adele because I love her vocals and her songs, and also because of her fun personality. I also voted for Adele because of her range and the fact that she has stood the test of time. Lots of people love Billie Eilish too, though, because they feel like they can relate to her songs. Yeah, especially for kids and teens. And she has such a unique style. But for today, our clear winner is Adele. When I think of where I want to be in the future, I learn so much from the people who've blazed a trail before me. Masa is a personal mentor of mine, and I loved hearing from him. His unique journey was really fun to hear. Yeah, and one of my favorite things that Masa said was that he doesn't think of kids as just kids. He said they're another human being able to express themselves. Music is, in fact, all about communicating what's on your heart to somebody else's heart. Actually, that is a perfect setup for our next interview. We were so happy that Miles, Music Kid, agreed to talk to us. Miles is a five-year-old musical prodigy. He not only has perfect pitch, but he knows how to play the ukulele, piano, drums, and the guitar. Wow. He's blown up on social media sites like Instagram and TikTok with videos of himself producing music all on his own. He's one talented musician. How did you get started playing music? My dad bought a guitar for me and um, he taught me a few things and I picked up and started trying to play. Now I'm getting good at it. So how, how old were you when you first started playing music? I think three when I picked up the guitar first. And I just started playing. And of all the instruments you play, do you have one that is your favorite? Um, my favorite is guitar because it's just, I like playing and I, I played it the most. So a lot of kids love to play music, but practicing can sometimes feel like work. When you spend time on your music, does it feel like work or is it always just fun and more like play for you? Guitar is in the middle. It's like work, but also play because I really like doing guitar. And then drums is like work. And then and then my bass, I feels like work too. But then like doing songs and doing what I should do in like my Logic Pro I have, that's, that feels like fun. Besides playing music, what do you like to do for fun? I really like a lot of things, but the highest level of things I really like doing is music. So. <laughs> so what is your favorite type of music to listen to and to play? I just like listening to a lot of songs that are not instrumental and feel good to me and I like them. When something comes up that you don't know what to do, what do you do to find the answer? Sometimes I would use my guitar teacher and ask him, but 
usually I would do YouTube <laughs> and I would ask YouTube anything and it would show me how to do it, like, like that kind of stuff. When something goes wrong, how, how do you deal with that? How do you fix it to make it better? I keep trying and see what I can do. And if I like accidentally make a mistake that I can't undo, then I just try to fix it myself. Are you ever afraid that what you make will not sound good? Like, how do you get over that fear? I pretend that I don't get worried and I feel like it's gonna sound good. And then if it doesn't sound good, the, the first time, I can keep trying and keep trying and keep trying until I get it right. Do you feel music is helping you communicate with the world around you? When I was like two to three, I would show my emotions. I would play Lonely by Justin Bieber. When I was sad, I, I would play like a happy song when I was happy. Wow. I would play a scared song when I was so scared. It's time for Random Facts, the part of our episode where we share random stuff about this week's topic. Hi, my name is Lauren. I'm the oldest podcast member at 18 years old, and here are some interesting facts for you about music. Number one, music came before language was even invented, which means people were making music before they could talk to each other. Number three, the most expensive instrument sold was a $15.9 million, you wanna know what it was? Violin, isn't that insane? Number five, none of the Beatles could read or write music. Number six, in 2016, Mozart sold more albums than Beyonce. Number seven, a singer from Turkey can hold a note for one minute and 52 seconds. I wonder if he's an opera singer. I kind of want to do that someday. Number eight, an astronaut music producer came out with an album made in space. Number nine, Prince personally played 27 instruments in his debut album. Number 10, cows produce more milk while listening to classical music. Number 11, music helps plants grow faster. Number 12, zoo musicology. That's a crazy word, is the study of animals that make sound that we might consider music. Number 13, my personal favorite, a species of parrot is given a signature song by their parents that is used as a name for them. Isn't that crazy? Maybe I should have a song as a name. <laughs> like you probably heard in episode one, Every week, our podcast crew gets together for a roundtable discussion about what we're learning. This week, we started talking about music production and creativity and what we learned from Masa and Miles. But it was surprising how quickly the conversation moved towards some topics that were a lot deeper and more broadly applicable. Jackson, who was leading the discussion, asked an interesting question that sparked a lot of conversation. Let's listen in. What kind of things keep people from learning new things? Um, I think one thing that has held a lot of people back, especially like me before, is the fear of failure. And you're like so afraid of failing that you never actually try. And then you never actually know if you can actually, you know, succeed at it. When you probably could if you really just tried. But 
just so afraid of failing that you never tried. So I study opera, and I sit there and I look at the professionals that have been like, that I've come to realize they're like in their 30s and 40s, and I'm 18 years old. So I'm obviously not going to be as good as them, but I often find myself like trying to push myself too hard to be like them, but I think part of the important things of learning is accepting that some things are just going to take more time for you. Okay, so um, comparing yourselves to others can sometimes be frustrating because it's hard to be as good as they are, but how could comparing yourself to people who are better than you be positive? I think comparing yourself to people who have more experience is helpful in a way because you can learn from them. I come from a pretty long line of like family who like play D1 sports and stuff and I like from a really young age learned like not to compare myself to my cousins because like I'm never going to be my cousins. Instead of comparing yourself you can take stuff from other people and learn from them, make yourself better like just as a person. Comparison has a bad connotation sometimes when it actually you can flip it around. For example, I usually compare my riffs to other people's riffs. But then I go back and realize that that comparison just shows me what I need to work on. So what I'm hearing is sometimes comparing can make us be better. Comparing yourself to other people can sometimes help you realize that everybody's a little bit different. Sometimes you'll be better in one thing and somebody else will be better in a different thing. So Miles and Masa both learned music in different ways. Everyone's journey to learning something looks different. How can we apply the lessons from someone else's journey to our own? No matter whatever a um, person's journey looks like, it always takes a long time. And most people don't see uh, how much work people put in in order to be good at what they're good at. And during that journey, people have made plenty of mistakes. And mistakes are part of life. Nobody can not make mistakes. Like, it's impossible to not make mistakes. If you make a mistake, it's fine. Just learn from it and uh, try to not do it again. A lot of times, often I'll find myself um, being hindered in my ability to learn new things by my pride. Does anybody else, like, experience that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It... Every day. <laughs> Sometimes being not very good at something and looking stupid is important for the long-time goal of getting good at something, whatever that thing is. Hey everyone, it's Ethan again. If you listened to episode one, you know that in each episode of Finding Our Voice, we highlight one of the core values of One Voice Children. Today's value is create. As members of One Voice Children, we strive to actively innovate and engage in unique expression. I like to think of myself as a pretty creative guy. Just earlier today, I spent some time drawing comic strips. I love to create characters, storylines, and witty humor that makes my friends, family, and teachers laugh. I also love to create slideshows, crafts, music, stories, ceramics, and other things. For me, creativity helps me feel good about myself. I love the feeling I get when I see something I've worked hard to create. And of course, I love it when people clap or laugh or appreciate my work. Why is creativity important in our world? Well, if nobody created, then there literally wouldn't be anything. Think about how pretty much everything you use in your life is the result of somebody's creativity. Somebody created the car you drove in today, the chair you sat in, 
the earbuds you listen to music with, the fork you ate with, and many, many other things you use every day. And those creations quickly become necessities as they make our lives better. I happen to believe that necessity is one gateway into creativity. Start with something you already know and think of one small way to make it better, and all of a sudden, you're creating. As an aspiring creative, I like to study and learn about great creative people of the past. One of my favorites to learn about is Walt Disney. Walt inspires me because he basically created one of the biggest creative enterprises in the world. Did you know that more than 150 million people visit Disney parks every year? We look at the Disney brand as a creative powerhouse, maybe the most influential in the world. But it didn't start that way. Walt started drawing as a kid by creating pictures with tar on the side of his parents' house. His first gig as an artist was for his high school newspaper in Kansas City, Missouri. Later, he got his first real job as a cartoonist working for the Pessman Rubin Commercial Art Studio. After a couple of other jobs, Walt and his friend, Ub Iwerks, decided to start their own studio. And the rest is history, right? Wrong. Walt's path to becoming arguably the most celebrated creator of all time was filled with challenges. There were lots of ups and downs, successes and failures. But one thing stayed consistent, Walt's creativity. No matter what was happening in his business, Walt was always creating. And through his persistence and his vision for what his creative work would become, he eventually overcame every challenge and the Walt Disney brand became what it is today. What do I take from Walt's experience? There are a lot of lessons to be learned, but for me, the story of Walt Disney teaches that creativity has to be coupled with persistence and diligence to really make a difference in this world. That principle isn't relevant to just Walt Disney's experience, of course. We see some of those same principles in Masa and Miles. The more I study creative people, the more I realize that not everyone is going to like what you create. Sometimes, if people say your stuff isn't any good, that's okay. You just have to learn to deal with that criticism and keep going. For so many of us, the creative works of people like Walt Disney, Masa, and many others have enriched our lives, brought us happiness and fun, and made our lives much more memorable. That's the real value of creativity. The Indian religious leader, Osho, once said, to be creative means to be in love with life. You can be creative only if you love life enough that you want to enhance its beauty. You want to bring a little more music to it, a little more poetry to it, a little more dance to it. So what are you going to create next? What are you going to bring into the world to make it more beautiful, more rich, more meaningful, and more hopeful? Well, don't just stand there. Get to work. It's time to create. Thanks, everyone. My dream of becoming a musician is what inspired me to learn more about music making. But like Nat said in the beginning, this episode really ended up being about learning about different ways to create music. And what might be stopping us from doing the things that we really dream about. Things that give us purpose and a voice in this world. I was so inspired by Moss's passion for his music and the way he shares it. And also Miles's determination to find the answers and not let being young stop him. 
And our podcast crew had so many awesome things to say about not comparing ourselves to others. Or if you do compare yourself, using the experience of someone else to improve your own skills. I loved it when Austin talked about how much hard work goes into being good at something. We rarely get to see the behind the scenes of big accomplishments, and I think it's really interesting to learn about. Well, that's it for us. But thanks for listening. Subscribe and make sure to tell your friends. Finding Our Voice is a production of One Voice Children. Learn more at onevoicechildren.org.